Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Hey, tonight we're talking about decisions. There's unlimited decisions in our lives, and doubt does a weird thing in our lives when it comes to decisions. Tonight I want to talk about doubt. There is not a single person in this room tonight who has not dealt with doubt. People who believe in God in the room tonight and people who don't believe in God in the room tonight, we share something, and that is that we both doubt. And so I want to talk about doubt tonight and what it does to our decision-making. And I hope, I hope to give you an antidote that would help you get through that doubt. Because doubt's going to happen. It's going to be a part of our faith story no matter what. It's it's just as much as part of my story as it is yours. So I hope you see that tonight. We're in Genesis Read along with me. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. See, up until this point, God had been promising Abraham, I'm going to give you a son, and from that son, you're going to have so many descendants. You're going to basically build nations with your family. But they're getting old, and that son hasn't come yet. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar, so she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Holiday, who be whatty? You're asking your husband to go sleep with another woman so you can get the child that God promised you to have. Seems like a bad decision. Seems like it's going to bring chaos. Moving on in Genesis, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. And at this, Abram fell on his face down on the ground. And then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. He's just promising over and over again, trust me. This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. And he continues on. And I will bless her, talking about his wife, and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. I don't know if God could get much more clear about the promises he's making. But when Sarah hears this, she laughs silently to herself and said, How can a worn-out woman like me enjoy such a pleasure, especially with my master, my husband being so old? They're both so old at this point. So you can hear, you can hear in her story this doubt that is weighing her down to the point where she can't push the sled of life anymore to where she makes this weird, odd decision that she wouldn't make otherwise. And I think the the same thing happens in our lives too. Pray with me. God, thank you for this evening. I pray that you would focus our hearts, focus our minds on what you have to say tonight. And for those of, of us in this room tonight that are stuck in doubt, I pray that you help us push through. But I hope you also show us that doubt is just a part of the process. It's a part of faith. It's not about me tonight, God. It's about you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody said, amen. You with me? Very good, very good. Okay, so doubt. Doubt is a part of everybody's faith, like I've said. Doubt is simply being unsure of something. And a lot of people would say, okay, if you doubt, if you have doubt in your faith, is that any faith at all? Like, are you even a Christian if you doubt? And I got to say, no, no, no. The, the best way that I heard it said this week, I was, I was doing a bunch of research, was this, that doubt and faith are not opposites. In fact, doubt is the ants in the pants of faith. It like keeps us moving. It keeps things moving. It, it, it pushes us forward. It changes things. It shapes us. Faith is not the opposite of doubt and vice versa. However, 
A lot of people will put doubt all into one bucket, but there's good doubt and there's bad doubt. There's healthy doubt and there's unhealthy doubt. Now I'll show you this way. Unhealthy, excuse me, healthy doubt would be like, um, let's say, who, who just got their learner's permit in here? God help us. And, and who, <laughs> and maybe some of you turned 16. Obviously, you know everything about driving, you're fine. But, but let's say you're driving to school and you take a new route, you take a new road, and you don't know the speed limit. That's a doubt because you're unsure of something. You're uncertain of something. That's all doubt is, is just being uncertain, unsure. And, and you don't know the speed limit, so you say, huh, I wonder what the speed limit is. See, that's, that's a healthy doubt. That's a healthy way to be unsure about something because that doubt helps you get to where you're going. It helps you avoid getting pulled over. It pushes you farther into your journey. Do you see that? So doubt's not always a bad thing. It can be healthy. But then there's also on the flip side, the unhealthy doubt. And I want to call this doubt the game over doubt. And it usually comes in phrases like this. They will never love me. I doubt they will ever love me. Game over doubt. Or I doubt I will ever make the team. Game over doubt. You see how that's unhealthy? Or I'm never going to pass this class no matter how hard I try. Game over doubt. Do you see that? And, and with both of these kinds of doubts left unchecked, have you seen the, the sleds in the gym that you push to get all ripped and buff? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you add 45 plates onto those things, right? Unchecked, doubt is just like more weight put on top of you. It's more weight put on top of you and the sled of life gets harder to push. And doubt gets kind of mushy for us Americans because Americans kind of throw doubt all into this singular bucket and then they kind of raise it up like it's something honorable. So like instead of, instead of being okay with being certain in something, our culture likes to rise up those who doubt as if they are more enlightened than others. And in some cases they have some good points, but the, the doubting just for the sake of doubting, we go, wow, they must be philosophers. They doubt everything. And it has borne something that is an absolute amazement to me. And it is called flat earther conventions, right? Okay, do we have some flat earthers in here tonight? I figured we'd have a few. Okay, that's fine. It's America. You can believe what you want. That's a beautiful thing. Here's, here's the thing about flat earthing. I just turned it into a verb, so it's a thing. Flat earthing. Um, here's the thing about it. Even if it was true, it doesn't change anything. It helps no one. It does not solve world peace. It does not provide a solution to world hunger. It literally just exists for people to doubt and to doubt and to doubt on top of that doubt and to doubt on top of that doubt. See, my favorite experiment, I, I kind of followed the wormhole of like flat earther conventions on YouTube one day and stuff gets wild, I'll tell you. But, but one of my favorite moments was this guy that's like, this is when it all changed for me. I was on an airplane, right? And we were at cruising altitude and I took out a level. And so they're like filming this, recreating this experiment he did, right? And so the level, like the ones you used to like hang photos on the wall and stuff like that, he goes, I held it in front of me the whole flight. It never moved. It's flat. Changed my life. I was like, I... I think there's some flaws with your experiment. I don't think that's how gravity in a sphere works, but you know, hey, he can doubt. Doubt it, doubt, doubt, doubt. And maybe we have some people in this room tonight that are doubters of doubters of doubters and they just doubt and you love to doubt. But I have a question for you tonight. I have a question and it's this, how's that going for you? 
How's that like 15 minutes before you fall asleep at night, just doubting everything to the fact that you're on this planet Earth, to who made us, why are we here, and is this the reality I'm actually in? Doubt and doubt and doubt. I would say, hey, doubt provides insecurity to your heart. How's that going for you? And see, when we doubt just for the sake of doubting, honestly, what we want is control, right? Because if you came up to me and you said, hey, I doubt that my shoes are untied, or your your shoes are untied, and then you go, I doubt it, all of a sudden you're in control of that situation. Because whether I see that your shoes are untied or not, you're saying, I doubt it, and now it's up to me to decide if my shoes are untied. All we want is control. Humans love to have control. But I would ask you this, for the doubters who just doubt for the sake of doubting, how in control do you feel? How's it going? How's that going for you? See, because here's the thing about doubt. It's like stacking those 45 plates on the sled of life. And some of you, you know, you have these healthy doubts where you're like, oh, is God real? I, I don't know. You know, you're like working through that stuff, but unchecked, unanswered, not looking into that kind of stuff. It piles up. But some of you have these game over doubts, these unhealthy doubts that are super heavy and they're crushing you. They're absolutely crushing you and that you can feel that weight being put on. You can feel that weight being put on. And here's Sarah tonight in the scripture. You can, you can tell this weight of doubt is just being shoveled onto the sled of life. And she gets to the point where she can't push the sled anymore. She can't push any farther in life. And maybe that's where you're at tonight. Maybe you have so much doubt stacked up on top of itself that you can't even move forward anymore. So here's what I want you to do tonight. Because that doubt that doesn't allow us to move forward anymore ends us up making some very weird and odd decisions in our life that we wouldn't make otherwise. Making bad decisions because that doubt has weighed us down so much we can't move. Here's what I want you to do. For the next few seconds, I want you to close your eyes. And if you're being a distraction to the person next to you, I want to tell you to stop. Shut your mouth and don't be a distraction during this, okay? Shut your eyes and put your hands on your knees, palms up. And I want you to prayerfully think about this for the next just few seconds. And if you're being a distraction, just don't be for the next few seconds. And I want you to think of the doubts you have in your life. I want you to think of the doubts that are weighing you down. You can feel that weight if you think about it. Do you feel it? Now, what are the decisions that those doubts are pushing you towards? I want you to think about that for a few minutes. I never get it right. Does God even exist? God even hear me? Does God even know who I am? Nothing is ever going to get better. 
they even love me. So I want you to keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. And I want to talk to the people who want to be a distraction for this next part. And I just want to tell you that you don't know what kind of hell on earth the person next to you is going through. And I need you to leave them alone for a few minutes, okay? Because sitting there thinking about the doubts and the decisions that you're making in life is sometimes pretty heavy. So if you're the person that wants to be a distraction in these next few minutes, just please wait. I do not want you to be the one that's getting in the way of what God's doing in someone's life. And if you understand and you hear what I'm saying, go ahead and open your eyes. So here's what I hope to present to you tonight. Here's what I hope to give to you as friends of mine. I hope to give you antidotes. I hope to give you an antidote of the healthy doubts to help you move through those, to help you push the sled farther in your journey, okay? And for the unhealthy doubts, the game over doubts that are weighing you down in life. I hope to give you another antidote that's as powerful as they come. And tonight might be the night that you can get that weight moved and taken care of. Or tonight might be that night that Jesus takes care of that weight for you, okay? So the first thing I wanna talk about is healthy doubt. I wanna talk about those speed limit doubts that would help you move forward in life, that would help you get to where you're going without hitting some sort of guardrails or, or setbacks. There's a lot of people who have faith in here, a lot of people who have been baptized in here, who say they follow Jesus, but you have these doubts that say, I doubt God loves me. That's fair. God's not afraid of that. Some of you in here say, I doubt God's real. I told people I'm following Jesus, but I doubt he's real. It's okay, he can handle that. There's some of you in here that, that doubt that Jesus was a real person. Okay, that's fine, he can handle that. Here's what I want to ask you to do if you're in the room tonight and you're dealing with these healthy doubts, that if you could answer them, if you could move past them, your sled would just get so much lighter that you could just keep running in life, that you could get to where you're going, getting to where you're called to be. And here it is. It's very simple. I want to ask you to doubt those doubts, okay? Because when you doubt a doubt, it turns a positive into a negative, this is my buddy Dante. Dante um, is clearly on a mission here. And so we're gonna let him complete that mission unless it involves a drum set. And then I'm gonna have to hold, hold pause. Dante, 
Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for loving Dante. Thank you for loving him. Yep. Go ahead and have a seat, Dante. Thanks, man. So if you're having those doubts, I want to ask you to doubt your doubts, okay? And, and people who got distracted, I want to ask you to lock back in, okay? I want to ask you to doubt your doubts. And what that means is you turn that double negative back into a positive and then you're trusting God again, okay? And it's, and it's difficult. It's not always easy to do that. But I want to tell you that there's people who doubted their doubts in Scripture too. When Jesus was still on this planet, there was a centurion. There was a guy in chapter 8 of Matthew who, like, his, his servant had, had gotten ill. He was, he was paralyzed. He was in a ton of pain. And he's going out under the roads. This was before GPS. This was before Find My Friends. Trying to find Jesus so that Jesus could heal his servant. Could you imagine the doubt he had on the way to find Jesus? And he gets to this point where he faces Jesus and he says, hey, I need your help. My servant's in a ton of pain. And in a moment, you can see him doubt his doubt because Jesus almost rhetorically turns to him and goes, do you need my help? Like saying, what do you have for me here? Like, do you doubt or do you doubt your doubt? Do you have faith in me? Do you trust me? And he goes, hey, this centurion, this is a soldier. He's saying, I have plenty of people under my authority and I'm too, am under authority. And I understand it. When I tell people to go, they go. When I tell them to come here, they come here. When I tell them to do something, they do it. And if you are the Jesus that everybody is talking about, you can do the same. And Jesus goes like this. Here's a man who's doubting his doubt, turning it back into trust in God. And Jesus says, I have not found a man with greater faith in all Israel. I haven't found a greater faith here. And he goes, go, and I will let happen what you believed would happen. So those of you with those healthy doubts, those speed limit doubts, trying to get that weight off so you can push that sled just a little bit farther, doubt your doubts because you can trust Jesus on the other side of that. Now here's the not so easy part. And here's where I really need you to be attention, pay attention and not distract people because this part that hurts. It's the game over doubts that aren't as easy as doubting your doubts. It's the game over doubts that are crushing us, that are hurting us. It's the doubts like this. Watching a father leave your home and being told, don't worry, I'll be back and I'll always be around. I'll always be there for you. What are the words that come across your mind? I doubt it. Almost like a defense mechanism. This is all I have left. This is the only control I have of this situation. I doubt it. Game over. Or maybe some of you are living through a parent's divorce that feels like hell on earth. And you're hearing this phrase be told to you. Don't worry, nothing will change. What's the word that comes to your mind? I doubt it. I doubt it. Game over. Or maybe you are stuck an intense friend drama that is literally making your world chaos. And the people around you are saying, don't worry, they'll forget about it in a week. You're saying, I doubt it. Game over. Or maybe you're waiting for the diagnosis. And the doctor said last time she'd be getting better. And this time he says she's getting better again. I doubt it. I doubt it. And wait by weight gets put on the sled of your life to where you can't push anymore. And maybe you're in that moment here tonight that you can't push the sled anymore so you've given up and it's led you to some really stupid decisions. 
Here's one I want to give you tonight as an antidote to that. There's this moment in Matthew chapter 11 where John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, the guy who baptizes Jesus, he's in prison for what he's saying about Jesus. And he's quite aware of the fact that he's going to probably get his head chopped off for his faith. And he sends a messenger and he says, I need you to go to Jesus and I need that. I need you to ask him, like hold his face and go, are you the Messiah? Because John the Baptist is going, because I'm about to get killed for this and I need to make sure. And so this messenger gets to Jesus and Jesus says, hey, go tell him that the blind can see, that the lame can walk, that the dead are being raised. He's using scripture to say, I am absolutely that person. Don't have a doubt anymore. You can trust me. And then here's why I was talking about this is because John the Baptist just doubted. Do you see that? He just doubted, but Jesus turns around and says, is there a greater man on the face of this planet than the faith that comes from John the Baptist? He just doubted. This proves to me and hopefully to you tonight that Jesus is not intimidated by your doubts. In fact, he welcomes them. He applauds them and says, you can trust me, I'll answer your doubt. But here's what happens in the next passage. He's going into these towns and he's doing miracles and he's preaching and he's saying, hey, trust in me, I'll save you. I'll save you into eternity. And these towns doubted for doubt's sake. They said, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. I doubt it. Game over doubts. And Jesus left those towns going, I can't do anything to help you. Your situation is helpless because you will not believe me. And he walks away. And here's what comes next. And maybe you've heard this passage before. I didn't know before I started looking into this that this, this passage comes from an area of scripture that's all about doubt. There's everything before it is doubt. And he says, come to me. All who are weary and heavy burdened. The weight of your doubt. Because you cannot push the sled of life anymore. Come to me. Work with me, walk with me, watch how I do it. And I'll show you these rhythms of grace and I'll redeem these doubts that you have in your life and I'll trade you. I'll trade you burdens. He's saying, I'm gonna take that weight that is absolutely destroying you and your game over doubts. I'll take them, trust me. I'll take care of them. I'll walk with you through them. We will take care of them. I have overcome the world. I've defeated death. Don't worry about it. But I'm gonna trade you something in return. And that's that you trust me. That you would follow me. And that you would let me be the God who I say I am in your life. So you have some decisions tonight, students. You can doubt your doubt because it leads to trust in God again. And all of a sudden it erupts this wonder in your life to go, to face that doubt that says, maybe God doesn't love me. But then to doubt that doubt and go, well, I doubt he doesn't. And you're back in the trust and the comfort of God. But with these game over doubts, it's different. That weight is far too much for you to just go, maybe I'll change the way I think about that. It is much more than you could ever handle. And you need a God of heaven and earth and hell to, to save you from that. And Jesus is saying, I'll switch you. If you would just follow me and trust me.
And you ask a great question after this, and it is, why should I trust God? Because everybody else in my life has failed me. I can tell you from experience that he'll walk with you through those doubts. The only reason I'm standing here today is because he did. If you know anything about me or my story, I wanted nothing to do with church. There's not a million years you'd catch me preaching Jesus up here, but he changed all that because I traded him. I traded him. Why should I trust God? Because here's the deal. He told thousands of people, thousands, millions of people for thousands of years, hey, everything's wrecked, I know. The earth is wrecked, I know I'm gonna send a savior. And here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna see him, you're gonna doubt. And a lot of churchy people are gonna get jealous of him and they're gonna kill him. But because I love you so much, I'm not gonna leave you in your doubt. And he's going to raise from the dead. He's gonna get ripped to shreds and then he's gonna get raised from the dead. Why? So he could trade you. If I should trust Jesus to be God, he better prove it was something. How about raising from the dead? Why can we trust God? Because God is faithful. He made that promise for thousands of years to millions of people and he came through. If you doubt your doubt, you can trust God again. And it'll bring wonder back to your life. And if you are under the weight of these game over doubts in your life, you can trade him straight out. You can give him your burdens and he gives you his and it is light and it is easy but it comes at a cost. It comes at you saying, okay, I trust you now. It changes everything. God is faithful and he can be trusted. And here's how Sarah's story ends. Scripture says this, at just the right time, that son was born. God is faithful. He made a promise and he kept it. His name was Isaac, which means joyous laughter. I will tell you from experience, having the weight lifted makes you feel like having a joyous laughter. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being willing to take our burdens take away our pride that keeps us in our doubts. Take away our pride that, that keeps our doubts heavy on us. God, we fight for control, but it's all false. It's all a charade. It's all a game. We know we're not in control. God, the doubts, just for the sake of doubts, I pray that you show us how meaningless they are. I pray that you would give us courage to believe in something to stand for something, to have certainty in something. I pray for the person in here tonight that is in the middle of the game over doubt of I will never get out of this life alive or if I'm gone, nobody will miss me. Whatever those game over doubts are, those lies from the pit of hell, I pray that you erase them. And I pray tonight is the night that you trade them. Jesus, you said, You've come to save the lost. You didn't come to judge. 
you come to find us in our muck and in our mud and in our dirt. And you say, follow me. Jesus, I pray for the heavy laden tonight that they would see that there is a different way and they would look up to find you. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.